Hey everyone, this is Mina from K-Pop Bookshelf here. The episode you're going to listen to right now is a bonus episode. This is an audio fan account of my experience at the BTS Permission to Dance live on stage in Las Vegas show. So I attended the final show of the four Las Vegas dates, which was April 16th, 2022. I'm recording this episode about two weeks later. I will be sharing my experiences prepping for and going to the concert. If you're going to a concert soon for BTS or for anyone else, maybe this episode will help you plan and get really hyped up for the concert you will be seeing. By the way, I will be having a BTS season of the Bookshelf podcast this year, but once I saw so many new concert dates going up for K-pop groups, I thought I better not wait and just get this information out now. Maybe some of the things that I talk about can help you plan for your next concert experience. So just a little bit of background here before I launch into this particular episode. My younger cousins, who were responsible for getting me into K-pop in the first place, have been ARMY, and ARMY is the name of BTS's official fandom, by the way. My cousins are not at all affiliated with any military. My cousins have been ARMY since 2015, I think, or, or 2016. Just through them, I became exposed to the early music of BTS. I know a lot of people got into them recently during the Butter or maybe Boy With Love eras, because at that point, the awareness of them here in the United States was just a lot higher than it had been back when my cousins first got into them. Also, my cousins and I previously saw BTS during the Love Yourself tour in 2018. And we also had tickets to the Map of the Soul tour, which was supposed to happen in 2020. But as we all know, most, if not all, concerts that were slated to occur in 2020 ended up being canceled because of the pandemic. It actually took a really long time for Map of the Soul Tour to be officially canceled. It was postponed for like over a year past the date it was supposed to happen. So when they announced the permission to dance shows in Los Angeles at the SoFi Stadium in December 2021, we considered purchasing tickets back then, but we ultimately decided to wait it out. After almost two years of no major concerts, I wanted to just see how the LA shows would go, like what safety protocols were in place in terms of COVID, and just if anything had changed about going to a concert of this size in the time of a pandemic. I've been to some smaller K-pop concerts late last year and earlier this year, but no stadium shows since 2019. So in the end, we didn't attempt to get tickets to the SoFi shows in LA, especially because we are not local to the Los Angeles area, and we also did not try to go to the Permission to Dance Soul shows. So when we heard that a set of shows were going to be played in Las Vegas, I started doing some mental calculations just to determine whether we should even try to get tickets to these shows. I feel like a lot of concerts will be back in summer 2022, especially for K-pop concerts. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if BTS themselves go on a world tour in the summer. But speaking of that, there is the chance that some of the members will have to enlist in the military soon. The Korean government is contemplating whether they will exempt BTS members from fulfilling the mandatory two-year military duty that all Korean men are expected to serve. But as of this recording in April 2022, the final decision on that has not yet been made. So maybe by the time you are listening to this, we will know what the plan is. 
So anyway, I, I thought it would be less of a challenge to try and get tickets in the spring rather than in the summer. I figured we should try to go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, however, is busy at all times of the year, at least when it's not a pandemic. So just in case hotels and flights would be booked up or way too expensive, I actually went ahead and booked the flights and a hotel room before the concert tickets even went on sale. And... <laughs> If you if you know me in real life, you know that I'm extremely risk averse and I would not normally do this. But a lot of airlines nowadays have no rebooking fees and the hotel was cancelable up until 24 hours before check-in, so I just went ahead and bought them. So next, let's talk about ticketing. This was a whole thing, okay? Like a whole thing. And it's always stressful to buy tickets, but this time, and I don't know if it was the same for the LA shows and the Soul shows as well, but this time you had to take multiple steps just to even get into the presale. So first of all, to get access to the official ARMY fan club presale, and again, ARMY is the BTS official fandom, you had to be an official ARMY fan club member. So that was something we already had. The My cousins and I, all three of us are official ARMY fan club members. And by the way, if you weren't official ARMY members, they did give you the opportunity to register and become an official fan club member prior to the date that tickets would go on sale. And if you had no intention of becoming official ARMY, they said there would be other pre-sales you could register for. Those tickets would go on sale after the official ARMY pre-sale. But even if you already had your ARMY membership, you still had to do two additional registrations on two different websites. And this is where I think some people unfortunately got tripped up. So you had to register on Weverse. Weverse is the fan club app where you can get news and announcements about not only BTS, but a lot of other artists use it as well. But you had to register on the certain page on Weverse and say that you were planning to buy concert tickets through the ARMY fan club presale. Then you had to go to Ticketmaster's website and complete a second registration form on there. And on the Ticketmaster form, you had to say which date of the concert you were planning to get tickets for, and you had to enter your BTS ARMY fan club membership number. You also had to enter in two email addresses, the email address associated with your ARMY fan club membership slash Weverse, and the email address associated with your Ticketmaster account. If you have the same email address for both, this step is probably pretty easy for you, but if not, it was potentially more of a struggle. You had a few days, though, from the announcement to successfully complete all of those steps that I just mentioned, which was step one, become official ARMY fan club member if you weren't already. Step two, register to say that you wanted to enter the fan club presale on Weverse. Step three, register to say you wanted to enter the fan club presale on Ticketmaster. The purpose of this was so that Ticketmaster and Weverse could cross-reference each other and verify that you were in fact part of the official fan club, which would hopefully minimize ticket scalping. I don't know if that actually worked, but I think that was the intent. But unfortunately, becoming an ARMY member is not free. So there definitely was a barrier to entry for that. And then just having these like multiple places to try and fill out forms and was just like multiple steps that could be barriers for you to enter and successfully get into the presale. After you registered on the websites, you got these confirmation messages saying that in a few days you'd get an email and some text messages. The email would tell you whether you were invited to the official ARMY fan club presale. And the text messages would have basically two text messages. One would have a link to the presale and the other text would have a password to enter the presale. 
So the link and the password would only work when you were logged in into your particular Ticketmaster account. And then I think you have like a limit of four, I believe, tickets per account that you could buy. I only needed three tickets, one for me and one for each of my cousins. So that worked out well in my favor. So on the day we were supposed to be getting the email and the text messages, we were a little worried about, you know, making sure we would get the email that it wouldn't go to spam or that the text messages would come through. And luckily, all three of us, my cousins and I each, through some miracle, got invitations to the fan club presale. And I call it a miracle because some people were waitlisted for some reason and others were not admitted into the fan club presale. I feel like those who didn't make it may have accidentally had a typo or something when they entered their membership ID number into Ticketmaster for their Army fan account, or maybe they entered their email address incorrectly or had the wrong email address. I don't know. I I know there was like a lot of commotion on Twitter because some people got an email saying they were not selected for the presale and some people got an email saying that they were on a wait list. But all three of us in my group were invited to the fan club presale. So once I got the email and the text messages, I copy and pasted the link and the password into an email that I sent myself because I knew I was going to be buying it from my laptop and I wanted to make sure that I could easily copy paste everything and not make any typographical errors. On the day of the pre-sale, we didn't want to take any additional chances. So I asked my brother, who some of you may have heard on the gaming episode of this podcast, whether we could go over to where he lives and use his internet. And my brother, being that he's a gamer, pays for very high-speed internet. He even hooked my laptop up to an Ethernet cable, very old school, but I don't think that even actually helped. I think it was just probably more luck than anything. So my two cousins and I, the three of us were in this room. We had our three laptops open and we were trying to get into the Ticketmaster queue, which is the waiting queue for ticket purchasing. So each of us were logged into our respective Ticketmaster accounts. And my one cousin and I were both showing that in the queue, we had 2000 plus people ahead of us in the queue. Like it turned 3 p.m. on U.S. Pacific time and we pressed the button to enter the digital queue. And yeah, 2000 plus people in line in front of me and 2000 plus people in line in front of her. But my other cousin, her queue showed that there was only one person ahead of her in line. So thankfully due to that, we were able to get tickets. Ticketmaster has some option where you can have them automatically search for the best tickets, or you can manually input the tickets that you thought you wanted based on the seating map. But we were like so panicked and we didn't want to waste too much time. So we just let Ticketmaster pick. And I should add as a tip to people who maybe haven't gone through this ticket buying experience before, which is very stressful, by the way, we had our payment methods saved in the Ticketmaster account prior to purchasing, prior to the presale. So that way we wouldn't, ha- we wouldn't have to, you know, enter our credit card numbers digit by digit into the system. Because once you get into the like purchasing part of Ticketmaster, there's like a countdown of like six minutes or maybe it was nine minutes that you had a certain amount of time, limited time to actually complete your transaction. And if you couldn't complete it during that time, they would re-release the tickets back out. So I definitely recommend that you enter your payment method into whichever ticketing service you will be using prior to actually trying to get the tickets. As I said, we had Ticketmaster choose our seats for us and thankfully we got them. 
We had no idea until later that we had sound check tickets. <laughs> the, the ticket master said like, okay, you're about to buy gold VIP tickets. But we were like so frantically trying to click on the site and just buy the tickets. And my cousin was like, wait, what, what is gold VIP? What's that mean? I was like, I don't know. We don't have time. Let's just buy it. So we were just clicking yes, yes, except to like all these little pop-ups and questions. And that's actually how we ended up buying insurance for the tickets, <laughs> which, um, yeah, anyway, we didn't realize what Gold VAP entailed, but apparently it was sound check tickets. So we had sound check tickets on the floor, which was an extremely pleasant surprise. And we were so grateful. So I don't know if I necessarily recommend it because I know a lot of people are very picky about where they sit, but it might be beneficial to you, depending where you want to sit, to just let Ticketmaster choose the best seats and go from there. The Las Vegas concerts were held at a new venue called the Allegiant Stadium, which is a an American football sports stadium. And I didn't really know much about it. So we weren't really sure like where should we stay or like how will we get there? What should we do? And I was trying to research all this on YouTube and trying to figure it out. We ended up staying on a hotel on the Strip. It was about a 25 minute walk to the stadium from our hotel, which I was like, okay, if, if we can't get an Uber or like there's a ton of traffic, uh, road traffic, we can just walk or on the way back. If it's like impossible to find a taxi, we should just walk. We also ended up choosing to go on day four, which like I said, was the last day of the concerts. So as a result of choosing the last day, one of the benefits was that I could read on social media, people's fan accounts of like what was going on, what was happening, how long is the line, what is the food like, what is the situation, and that I found to be really helpful. Some local Las Vegas army made a guide that I saw on Twitter, which was really useful. They put it in Google Drive and it had all this useful information about Las Vegas, how to like navigate the airport, how to navigate the stadium, where to get Korean food, where to do norebang, where to go clubbing, like what the area around the stadium was like. So I actually wanted to stay closer to the stadium, but then I read like it's not really a walkable area and you probably don't want to just be wandering around there at night after the concert if you don't have to. So then I ended up moving which hotel we were going to stay at to one that was on the strip. One other thing I kept doing was checking the hashtag PTD underscore Las Vegas or whatever the hashtag was like every day on Twitter. And that was really useful. I definitely recommend those of you on social media, especially Twitter, to check hashtags related to the concert because through that, I found out just what was going on. Like people would call the venue and ask questions and they would post the question they asked and the response from the stadium or whoever they asked on Twitter. So it was really beneficial. There were some unofficial fan organized events that I saw were being planned, such as like a cup sleeve event and other fan pop-ups at local bubble tea stores and places like that. Local Korean restaurants were offering special deals during the concert weekends. So that, that seems really cool. I'm not sure how K-pop music companies feel about these kinds of events. I think a few of the planned events had to be canceled because the company found out about them and asked them to cancel it. But I'm not 100% sure on all of that. I just kind of saw things here and there on the internet. I wasn't really planning on going to too many fan events. I was just trying to keep a list of what was going on in case we had time and wanted to go. As far as official fan activities go, Hybe and Big Hit planned this whole thing they called Permission to Dance the City Las Vegas. In partnership with MGM, the company arranged for certain hotel rooms to be BTS themed. But I'm not actually sure if they were genuinely BTS themed. Like, I don't think they had BTS bedsheets on them or like BTS towels, though maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. 
but I did see that you could get free merch like photo cards, a special BTS like do not disturb door hanger on your hotel room, which is also pretty cool. One of the restaurants in one of the casinos had what was supposed to be like a menu, a special menu of BTS members' favorite Korean foods, and you could make a reservation to eat there. And I feel like that was probably like a much more upscale BTS meal, if you will. <laughs> Definitely not McDonald's, right? The company also arranged for an official pop-up, and this pop-up was sort of like one of those Instagram pop-ups that used to be popular a few years ago in big cities, like they would have like ball pits for adults. This one did not have a ball pit, although that would have been awesome. We did go to the pop-up, which was free and very cute. I'll talk about that pop-up more a little later. Also, there was a photography exhibit, which was one of the official events. The exhibit was photos and videos of behind the scenes of the group preparing for these concerts. And the photography exhibit, unlike the pop-up, cost money. I think it was around $25 or so just to get in, and I think like $31 or $32 if you wanted to get a special ticket. The special ticket came with an exclusive postcard set, but otherwise it was exactly the same as the $25 ticket. In Las Vegas, there is a famous casino called the Bellagio Casino, which has really famous fancy fountain shows where music plays and the fountain water just like dances to the music kind of thing. And so Big Hit Hybe arranged for BTS songs to be played for the Bellagio fountain shows during the weekends of the concert, or maybe it was like all week. I'm not really sure. There were also official after parties at this one nightclub. And that was a place where fans aged 21 years or older, because 21 is the legal drinking age in the United States, 21 year old and older fans could go and dance to, I guess, BTS songs. I'm not really sure because I didn't go to the nightclub. I do know they adjusted the normal Las Vegas nightclub dress code because it was an after party, right? So people were going to be in their concert gear and maybe in their sneakers and stuff. So you didn't have to dress how you normally would dress at a Las Vegas nightclub. You had, you could just go in slightly more casual clothes. There was also something called a live play going on at the same time. And this was sort of like being at the concert, but not at the concert. So it's a place where people could go to the MGM arena and watch the live concert, which was happening at Allegiant Stadium. So BTS was in one place and the people at the live play were in Las Vegas, but in a different place. Folks who went to the live play had their own activities at their venue. Like I think they had a photo booth area, maybe some other activities. It was really hard to keep track, to be honest, of all the different things that were going on. So we were going to go to day four of the concert. That meant that we were going to be in Vegas from Friday afternoon through Sunday afternoon, attending the Saturday concert. And thankfully, we had really safe and smooth travels. When we got to Las Vegas, the taxi driver at the airport immediately could tell we were going to see BTS. <laughs> I think it's because we were wearing purple. And a lot of fans have been calling it Bora Hegas, <laughs> which I just find that like so awkward to say. But anyway, Bora Hey, if you don't know, means I purple you. And that's a phrase that BTS and ARMY say to each other. I've read that Bora Hey means I'll love you till the end of days. Like Sarang Hey, but Bora means purple. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they say Bora Hey. And then if you say Bora Hey plus Las Vegas, you get Bora Hegas. So yeah, don't take Korean lessons from me, guys. Okay, I don't know. So we get to Las Vegas, we get to the hotel, we check in, and then we immediately have to go to the pop-up because the pop-up, which I mentioned was free, it was free, but you had to make reservations through a certain app and the reservations were at a certain time. So you could get reservations 
reservations for like 1.30 p.m. or 9 p.m. or, you know, a certain specific time. I think they were honoring your reservation if you didn't get your exact prescribed time. And if you couldn't get a reservation because it wasn't like unlimited, there was like a standby line. So that was a nice setup, I thought. The pop-up was at a place called Area 15, which is not on the Las Vegas Strip. So we had to take a ride share to get there. The staff working at the pop-up were all so nice and they were in such a good mood. Like there was a lot of really good vibes in the pop-up because everyone was just like so excited and so happy and the staff was really happy-go-lucky too. So shout out to them because I'm sure their job was very difficult watching a lot of people just like geeking out completely over BTS and I don't know that the staff were necessarily all army, you know, so really tough job, I think. And you know, people could have been miserable because they'd been standing in long lines and it was kind of hot and everyone who wasn't from Vegas might've been a little confused. But anyway, the pop-up itself was like a bunch of rooms and each room was set up to resemble music video sets from certain scenes from certain music videos. So like the permission to dance video, boy with love video, dynamite. When we went, they told us we couldn't take any still photos when we walk through the exhibit that we had to just like continuously walk and take video. But a lot of people still were taking still photos and posing and doing like four or five poses until they got the right one. The staff, to their credit, they weren't like super strict about making sure people follow that video only rule. Uh, Like I said, they were really upbeat and in a good mood. They weren't like scolding anyone. So that was really nice. And I do have a feeling that the video rule was there to make people go through the pop up faster and not just like, you know, take 17 different poses for their Instagram uh, at each exhibit because that probably would have taken forever. After we walked through the rooms, we went to these outside merch tents, merchandise tents. The merch at the pop-up was actually different from the merch being offered for the concert and at the concert venue and at the live play. So what, from what I saw from the merch tents, at that point I was like delirious, okay? Like we hadn't really eaten properly and we were kind of dizzy from like you know, walking and videotaping these rooms, but the merchandise seemed to be mainly clothing and it was pretty pricey clothing. Like sweatshirts were like $125 is I think, or I don't know, don't quote me on the prices. I, like I said, I wasn't really with it, but it was expensive. They were official Hybe big hit merchandise. Hybe big hit is BTS's official company, but it was exclusive to the pop-up. So also over by the merch tents, there were food tents, so you could buy food and drink. There were portable bathrooms in that same area. So speaking of merch, I kept getting really nervous about somehow securing the merch that we wanted. We kept seeing online that people were practically camping out overnight at the stadium. Like people were getting there at like 2.30 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. so that they could guarantee to get the merch that they wanted. Aside from buying merch, you could also buy albums from the venue, like these boots at the at the venue. So I think that's another reason people were camping out. I think they were selling albums that were no longer in print, maybe, or out of stock everywhere else. So it was like an opportunity to buy old albums, older albums. You could also buy tour merch from Map of the Soul, the tour that never was. <laughs> so yeah, some people were camping out, but I just was not prepared to do that. And I kept reading that merch would randomly get restocked periodically throughout the day. So I was stressing out over like, should we go early, like not 2.30 a.m. early, maybe like 7 a.m. and get in line? Or should we just take our chances and go later in the day? Like I wasn't sure what to do. 
Another thing we kept seeing online was that, you know, it's Las Vegas, the desert. It gets really hot. And I kept reading stories on Twitter about people fainting and getting very sunburned from staying out in the sun all day. We didn't even get a chance to eat for a lot of that day until after the pop-up. So I'm sure other people were kind of skipping meals just so they could get to do whatever they were trying to do. So I think people were a little underfed and a little dehydrated from standing out in the sun so long. So, you know, just be really careful and mindful of your environment and your body and its needs when you are doing your concert activities. I didn't want my cousins or I to pass out or get sick and miss seeing the concert we had just traveled to see, and I don't want that for you either. So later that evening after the pop-up, we went to the stadium where the BTS concert day three was happening. It was in progress. We went to check out what was left at the merch stands. The merch stands had been open, I think, since 9 a.m. in the morning, and they would remain open for the duration of that evening's concert. The merch booths outside of the stadium were open to anyone. Like you didn't have to be a ticket holder to visit the outside merch tents. Just anyone could go. The stadium area was enormous. It was like a whole campus. And this was the first time we'd ever been there, like I said. There were so many parking lots we had to walk through just to get to the merch boots. The merch boots were mostly sold out of goods by the time we got there, so we kind of went there for nothing, but it was nice to like get a feel of just how much walking would be involved and where everything was and orient ourselves to the stadium. Besides the merch tents, there were light stick pairing tents to help you connect your light stick to Bluetooth so that the lights would be queued up to the music when you were at the concert and also be in sync with the other light sticks in the stadium. So every time you see those cool like lighting effects when the colors are changing on everyone's light sticks, you want your light stick to change in sync with everyone else's. So that light stick pairing booth is probably the easiest way to do it. Separately, there were where there was an area for sponsor tents like McDonald's, Bulldog Noodle, but these were closed for the evening at the time that we were there. After that, we left the stadium, which really confused our rideshare driver. He was like, uh, why are you guys leaving the concert so early? And we were like, oh no, we were just there to buy merch. <laughs> um, so the rideshare driver took us back to the strip, specifically to Bellagio, because we wanted to see that famous fountain show, which, like I said, was supposed to have BTS music. But we watched two of the shows and there was no BTS music or any music at all whatsoever, which was slightly disappointing, kind of bizarre. Don't really know what happened there. So after the fountain show, we went back to our hotel and got ready to go to the venue the next day. I was still stressing about, you know, should I go super early or kind of early? We had soundcheck tickets, so we were going to have to go early to check in for soundcheck. I logged into the Ticketmaster app the night before and just made sure that my tickets were still in my ticket wallet. I then transferred the ticket to my phone's wallet. So this is a tip for you all. If you have Apple Wallet or GPay, I think it's called, you can store your Ticketmaster tickets in one of those and the tickets will be usable offline because this was an all electronic tickets concert. There's no paper tickets. You couldn't print out a ticket. You couldn't uh, take a screenshot of your barcode because the barcode was this like dynamic barcode that changed every few seconds. But if you stored it in one of these smartphone wallet things, it could be used offline. And the reason you want to do that is because once the stadium becomes really crowded, you may not be able to access internet, right? Like internet gets kind of jammed, I guess. I don't know what the word is. And since screenshots wouldn't work, that was the safest bet. So we made sure the night before to familiarize ourselves with accessing the tickets on our smartphone wallet so that we would have a smooth time entering the stadium. 
We knew from the stadium website that we were allowed to bring in these clear plastic or vinyl bags that had to be within certain dimensions. And you have to be sure to check the rules of the stadium and also the rules of the specific event you're attending to make sure that you don't have any issues at security check. But just to be safe, I told my cousins like, hey, make sure you have in your vinyl bag only those items that you don't mind security throwing away. Because we kept hearing stories on the internet of different staff being strict about different things. Like some people would say, you can't bring in that bottle of water because you can't bring in any outside food or drink into the stadium. But then some people were getting in somehow with bottles of water. So it's just one of those things where it like kind of depends who is checking your bag and checking you in through the gates. The next morning, we got ready for the shows and ordered breakfast into the hotel. I decided we weren't going to go at like 5 or 7 a.m. or something to wait for merch. We just took our time and we took a rideshare to the venue. The stadium had really strict rules about what could and could not be brought in, as I was just saying, so no outside food. There was a McDonald's tent, but I just didn't want to stand in like super long lines, you know, and hungry and thirsty and hot. So I had each of us take these reusable tote bags and we packed it full of like snacks, drinks, handheld fans. I wasn't sure how long we'd be waiting in the heat. So we got to the stadium at 11 a.m. and sound check would start at 3 p.m. or maybe 3.30. I can't exactly remember right now. So the first thing we had to do when we got to the stadium is check in to get our lanyards for sound check and our wristbands. And we found out at that table for check-in that VIP ticket holders would have their own merch booth that they could access, along with inside the stadium, there was going to be additional merch booths that everyone could access to buy more merch. They also said that we were going to start lining up at like noon or something. So we had like less than an hour before people could start going through security and lining up. So my cousins and I, we were like, you know, we're we're already here. We don't want to like risk wandering around the stadium. Like I said, it was so big, so many parking lots, so many tents and things you could go to. But we were a little concerned with like, oh, what if we lose track of time and we don't come back in time to go through the security of sound check or something and we miss sound check. So we're like, let's just eat and drink what we brought with us and then, you know, line up. So like I said, we had these tote bags full of food and snacks. We can't bring that into the stadium. We were planning to eat and drink and consume everything and throw away just like the packaging, but we were stuck having to go to this $20 bag check area. (laughs) Each item you check at the bag check costs $20. We consolidated all our tote bags and checked everything into the bag check. Going through security for the sound check folks was pretty smooth. Like I said, we went early through everything. I mentioned the clear plastic stadium bags and that some staff was allowing some items to go through, but some staff were really strict about what you brought in. So we had one thing thrown away. That was a reusable shopping bag, which was empty and folded all the way down. Like it was probably the size of like, like smaller than a dollar bill. It was, it was folded down pretty, pretty small. And we put it in the clear plastic bag so they could see like we had it, but it was empty. So we thought it'd be fine. But the staff member said that because the bag, once you opened it, was a bit larger than what would be allowed in the stadium that we couldn't bring it. So I had to discard it, which was so upsetting. Like the whole reason I brought it in was because I was I knew we would be buying merch once we were at the venues. And I had read that a lot of merch booths didn't have any shopping bags for you to carry your merch which was the case with the merch booth that we ultimately did go to. They didn't have any bags. So we just had to carry what we bought in our arms because they, they asked me to to get rid of my reusable tote bag, even though it was empty, but you know, you can't win them all. We entered the stadium for sound check 
And honestly, soundcheck is kind of a blur to me. There were about three or four songs that they performed in casual clothes. We were really shocked at our seats. We were actually pretty close to one part of the stage. So we had these moments where the members would be pretty close to us and then other moments where they were farther away. I wanted to have my cousins on this bonus episode because they are such big army, but unfortunately they were busy and unable to make it. But I have some notes about the show that I wanted to share that they sent to me. So a couple of things we noticed that just stuck with us is, is that the group seemed to do a little less choreography for this tour than they did for the Love Yourself tour or for this show. That's just an observation we had. Jin was injured, so he had to sit on a chair for some of the performances and he couldn't dance as much. You could tell he was kind of bummed out about it. And at some point, Hobie tried to get him to feel better. During the Met, Hobie really praised Jin for performing despite his injury. I thought they performed what was a pretty good mix of newer stuff, like because like I said, I know they gained a ton of fans from their recent English language songs, but they mixed it up pretty well with the new stuff and the old stuff. Personally, I really love the rap and hip hop performances. There was so much confetti. It was a little bit ironic because they played a VCR about saving the environment and recycling, but then they set off a ton of what was hopefully recyclable and recycled confetti. Um, It was all different confetti, different shapes and colors and different songs. I think they set it off like three or four times. They shot off giant streamers at one point. I don't think I've been to a concert where like giant streamers like that came down. They, at the very end of the concert, they had confetti as well as giant purple and white balloons, just like bouncing around throughout the audience. And that was really cool. It was like a really lively atmosphere, a really celebratory end to the concert. I thought they had really great fan interactions this time. At the Love Yourself tour, it didn't seem like there was nearly as much. This time they were just having a lot of fun on stage and it was really cool to see. After the show, we knew the ride shares would would probably be surge pricing and traffic would be a mess. So we had to go get the bag that we left in the bag check and then try to walk home, home meaning our hotel. Even pedestrian traffic, though, was a mess because the police blocked off certain areas. So you could only go a certain way and you had to go around and you couldn't cross street here. You had to go there and cross the street. So our feet and legs hurt so much. And it took, like I said, we were like 25 minute walk from the stadium. It ended up taking maybe like 40 minutes to get back to the hotel, partially because of all the detours and stuff. And so we got home really late and we ordered food to be delivered to our hotel room. (laughs) very late at night, but luckily that's not unusual in Las Vegas. The next day we had timed tickets to the photography exhibition. So we had to go back to area 15 at a certain time. So what we did was we checked out of the hotel first, put all of our bags into the hotel's luggage hold with the bell desk. And then we took a ride share back up to area 15 in the photography exhibit. So I have to be really honest here and say that I did not think it was worth the amount of money that the photography exhibit cost, especially because the pop-up, which was right next to it, was free. And to me, it was more interesting to go to the pop-up. We kind of sped through the photography exhibition, which was like a museum with photos, videos, and quotes from the members just displayed on the wall. So it was fine as a museum, but yeah, I just thought it was a little too pricey. That was our last experience for the Permission to Dance official events. I really liked the Permission to Dance the City concept. I know Hybe said in their press conference that they were thinking of doing this for other artists of theirs as well for future concerts. So it was really fun, but definitely not cheap. 
if you're just like a diehard fan and you feel like you have to take part in every experience, it's it's going to cost you a lot of money. Just being straight up with you all. But it was cool to take part in at least some of the experiences. A few additional notes and tips I want to add. If you're wondering how to get light sticks through airport security without incident and without damaging them, I have a certain way that I do it. I'm sure other people do it differently, though. So in the U.S., you are allowed to have one carry-on and one personal item. The personal item can be something like a purse or a computer bag. And so when you're at what we call TSA, Transport Security, you're putting stuff on the conveyor belt, but they don't need you to have everything consolidated into only two pieces like that, right? Because you're already taking out your liquids, potentially, you're maybe taking off your shoes. So we had two light sticks that we took with us, and I put them both in a reusable tote bag. Can you tell I really love reusable tote bags? And I put a smaller roller bag and my purse all on the conveyor belt. So tote bag with light sticks, purse, and then my roller bag. The tote bag with the light sticks was in its own bin. And this is so that if you know how they like scan everything you put on the conveyor belt, if the images of the light stick look weird because they're like a weird shape, then the security staff can just peek into the tote bag without making you unzip anything or making you unpack anything. On my way back from Las Vegas, the Las Vegas airport security staff did check my tote bag really quickly just to see what was inside. I found that really surprising because there were so many army in the airport in that exact moment. And they had been there for like over a week. So I don't know why they like weren't sure what it was when they saw it in the scanner. But I mean, it's no problem. They need to, I'm, I'm rather that they check things and not check things. So, but this just made it easier. So like, you know, I didn't have to unzip all my luggage and it was just easier. So once I finished security screening, I took everything back to the area where you can kind of re-stack your luggage items back into your suitcase. I swaddled the light sticks in some clothes and put them in my roller bag so that they would be safe. And then I put that roller bag in the overhead bin compartment. I've used this method multiple times now for various shows. And like I said, this is what works for me. Regarding COVID precautions, when we purchased the tickets, we were told we were going to have to have either a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. And I don't know if this was like a fake out or some things just to make sure like most people would do that ahead of time. But then just prior to the first set of concerts, we were told they wouldn't be checking vaccine cards or test results. The only COVID protection kept in place was masking, which was which was great. Like I, I hope we can continue to mask through most K-pop concerts. I went to see Very Very last year, just before their tour had to be cut short due to one of the members getting COVID. And P1 Harmony tour, I know, I didn't go to that tour, but I heard it had to be cut short and rescheduled due to COVID. I just think it really helps to keep your masks on still at indoor venues, even if you are vaccinated or even if you test negative for COVID. I would just really hate it if anyone, like a member, a fellow fan, or a hardworking staff member got ill. By the way, why did my empty, folded up, reusable bag have to be thrown away, but people were somehow entering the concert venue with like whole bouquets of flowers with like sharp, hard stems? I don't know. They were throwing stuff at the members, and I know Namjoon asked everyone not to do that, not to throw stuff. So listen to Namjoon. From what I saw, staff and security were being really good about making sure people stayed in their seats and didn't block the aisles or just go somewhere where they generally were not supposed to be. I think at the earlier shows in Las Vegas, people were rushing down staircases and like running into the aisles to take better pictures. But this is like a really big safety hazard because in the event of an emergency, that's where people would be exiting and evacuating. They would be going up the aisles and staircases. So 
Please don't block those areas. The Weavers app had live wait time statuses for merch booths and pairing booths. That was really helpful. I hope you have enjoyed this audio fan account recap of my weekend at Permission to Dance on Stage Las Vegas. I wish you all the best at your future concert going endeavors. During this episode, I mentioned companies like Ticketmaster and Apple Wallet and Bulldog and McDonald's. Just a reminder that these are not advertisements or endorsements for any of the companies mentioned here. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Special thanks to AO for designing the blog. Music credit for the transitional music is the song Sincerely by Kevin McLeod. Okay, thanks. Bye.